Reading from Madhalila, chapter 18. So we left off in our last discussion. Where? How did he get that foam in his mouth? What happened? That's right. This is the cause of his unconsciousness, his fainting, and ecstatic symptoms. However, so, on the ground he fell unconscious, foam coming out of his mouth, and so on. So we know what really happened, but not everybody could understand. Therefore, Hen Kale Tahan Ashoyar Dash Oila Mlecha Patana Ghoda Huite Utarila. At that time, Hen Kale Tahan. Ashu Jadash Oila. Ten soldiers came. Mlecha Patana. They were called Patanas, and the Patanas are considered Mlechas. Godahuite Utarila. So they got down from their horses and surrounded the group of five, Mapu's four devotees, and himself, now who was lying on the ground unconscious. Prabhuri Deki a Mlecha Koray Vichar E Jati Pash Chila Suvarna Opar. So seeing the Lord unconscious, the soldiers thought this sannyasi must have possessed a large quantity of gold. E Chari Bhatto Jad Dutura Kaujana and E Chari these four Bhatto Jar rascals, rogues Dutura Kaoyana. They made him eat Dutura, some type of poisonous root. Mari Dariachi Jatira Shobdhanalana. In this way, they killing him or trying to kill him, they have taken all of his wealth. So how wrong they were and how much they misunderstood Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's symptoms. And it said, Atma Vatmanyate Jagat. So, Bhagavatam says people tend to project their own thinking on others. So this may be something that they might have done. <laughs> of course, uh, they were involved with the ruling party to an extent of Muslims in India at the time. And there was a lot of them in this, this area. So it, in one sense they were policing the area. Or in one sense they had good qualities and they knew that this kind of thing went on. Rogues attacked pilgrims and mendicants and so forth. And this is likely really the case. Even though the Muslims were ruling and in a sense oppressing the Hindus still, there was a fair amount of respect on the part of the Muslims for the Hindu religious practices and so forth. And and the very kind of essence of Dharma when it manifested even in Hinduism. Now, not everybody on the Muslim side, obviously, was like that. You have that famous Aurangzeb and others, but Akbar, the famous Akbar, he was very even-handed in his dealings, and he's on this side, the western side of India. It says he came to Vrindavan and just had the darshan of Rupa Goswami and Jiva Goswami. So seeing what they had done, Mahaprabhu has come to Vrindavan, as we're hearing, finding places of Krishna's pastimes, 
and then he will send Rupa and Sanatana Goswami there to further develop that. And they did so to such an extent that, as I've mentioned before, any Hindu king in India practically was nobody if he didn't have a temple in Vrindavan. These Goswamis were patronized by the kings. And so this was quite a manifestation of the spirituality of the Goswamis. You can understand that they were cutting-edge preachers at the time. I mean, they attracted the affluent and powerful, politically powerful Hindu kings, and even the Muslim ruler, Akbar, came to have their darshan. So, while there were the kind of things that we hear about today, Muslim fanatics and so forth, there were probably some Hindu fanatics as well, still there was a fair amount of, of even-handedness in terms of the dealings of the Muslim rulers. And so these fellows may well have thought, oh, these some so-called Hindu rogues have attacked this fellow. And, and how else, anyway, could they explain the symptoms of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? being unfamiliar with such ecstasy that even his own followers are amazed at. Swanadiya Brahman tasted it to some extent. They all tasted it to some extent. But the extent of Mahaprabhu's tasting is obviously far exceeds theirs. Falling in the water, as we heard, drowning without losing his Krishna consciousness. On account of being absorbed in Krishna consciousness and Leela, he could be so oblivious to external conditions. If any little thing goes wrong in our life, oh, we stop chanting. <laughs> we go off balance. <laughs> you see the nature of Prem. <laughs> so anyway, they said like this, these rogues have must have taken his wealth and fed him some poisonous root. Tabise patana chori janera bandila kautite chahe gudiya shab kaunpite lagila So they're thinking like this, the soldiers arrested the four of them and decided to kill them. Because of this, the two Bengalis began to tremble. Two Bengalis are Bhattacharya Balabhadra and his assistant, given to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by Swarup Damodar to assist him. Krishna Das Rajputra Nirbhai Sebada Sevipra Nirbhai Se Muke Bada Bada. So Krishna Das, he was a Rajput and therefore he had no fear. And similarly, the Sonadiya Brahman, he was also fearless. And so, the Sonadiya Brahman began to speak. Viprakohi patan tomar pachad dohai Chala tumi ami shikdar pasho jai You patan soldiers are under the protection of your king. Let us go to your ruler and get his decision. So they're asking to take it to a higher authority. He says, Ejati, this sannyasi Amar Guru Ami. He's our guru and Ami Matur Brahmana. And I'm a Brahman of Mathura. I'm not a rogue. Okay. Pat Sar Age Ache Mor Shatajan. He says, I'm influential. I'm a Mathura Brahman and I know many people who are in the service of the Muslim king. I'm an influential person there. Don't think of me as a rogue. E jati vyadite kobu hainu muchita abanhi chetana poibe hoibe sambita. And e jati vyadite, this sannyasi, he's under the influence of disease. Vyadi means disease. Kobu hainu muchita. Sometimes as a result of this disease, he falls unconscious. 
Abani Chetana Poive Hoive Sambitu. Quickly he will come back to his consciousness and come to his senses. So you please just wait. And Janik Ihan Boisha Bandhi Rakaha Savare Inhake Pujia Tobe Moriha Savare. So you sit down for a while. You can keep us under arrest. And when the sannyasi comes to consciousness, you can question him and then you kill all of us if you want. But first wait a few minutes and see what he says. Patana Kohe Tumi Paschima Matura Duijan. So the Patan soldiers, they say that you two are from the West. You two fellows from the Western side of India. And Gaudiya E Kangpe Duijan. And the other two guys who are trembling are from Bengal. Krishna Das Kohe Amar Ghara E Grame Tui Shatta Turki Ache Shatteka Kamani. So Krishna Das speaks up. He says, In my house is not far from here, it's in the village nearby. And I've got 200 Turks there and also about 100 cannons. So maybe he's bluffing. <laughs> but he was Rajput, so he's a Chatriya and he's threatening them. So apparently the Turks are Muslims and these Patans are also Muslims, so there are different types of Muslims. Some say that these Patan soldiers were Afghans and uh, connected with the uh, with the army in Delhi at the time and the Turks were another group. So while the Bengalis are trembling, this fellow is very fearless. He says, Ekoni Ashi Beshob Ami Yadi Pukari Pida Luti Labe Toma Shabamari. If I shout loudly they'll all come immediately to kill you and plunder your horses and saddles. Godia Bata Pada Nahitumi Bata Pada Tirta Vasi Lutta Ar Chaha Muri Mari Bara. When Bengali pilgrims they're not rogues. You are rogues. You want to kill pilgrims. And plunder them. So his defense was an offense. Shuniya patana mane san kochahila So hearing the challenge, the patana soldiers became silent, and suddenly Chaitanya Mahaprabhu regained consciousness. Punkar koriya utte bolehari hari prema veshe nitya kori udvagahu kori. So Mahaprabhu got up. Hindu external consciousness loudly began to chant Hari Hari, absorbed in Prem, dancing, lifting his arms up like this. Premaveshi Prabhu Jobe Korena Chitkar, Mlachahridai Jin Lage Sheladhar. When the Lord shouted very loudly in ecstatic love, it appeared to the Muslim soldiers that their hearts were struck with thunderbolts. Bhayapanam lecha chari dila chari jan prabhuna dekilani jag ganera bondana. So seized by fear, astounded, all the Patan soldiers immediately released the four persons. Thus Mahaprabhu did not see that his personal associates had been arrested. Bhattacharya asi prabhuri dhari mbushaila lecha gan deki Mahaprabhu bhai haila. So at that time Balabhadra went to Mahaprabhu made him sit down, and seeing the Muslim soldiers, Mahaprabhu 
normalized and so, oh, we're not alone here. What's going on? Who are these fellows? Mlachagan Asi Prabhura Bandila Charan Prabhu Age Kohe E Tok Chari Jan. So the soldiers they came before the Lord and they offered respect to his feet. They were astounded by him. And they said, These four people are rogues. E Chari Mili Tomai Dutura Koyan. These four they gave you Dutura, made you pass out. Tomoradhan Loila Tomai Pogolokoriya. Having made you crazy, Bhagal in this way, they then took all your possessions. So they're making their case to the Lord. Prabhu Kohena, Mahaprabhu replied, Talk nahe mor shangi jan. These are not rogues. These are my associates. Bhikshuka sannyasi. I'm just a beggar sannyasi. Mor nahi kichu dhan. I have no wealth. Not carrying any wealth with me. Mrigi vyadite. Ami kobu. Hui achetan, echari dai kori palana. So I have the literally it means I have the deer disease, mrigi vyadite. I have the deer disease and it makes me go unconscious sometimes. And echari dai kori palana. These four people they very kindly maintain me and protect me from myself. So this mrigi vyadite. This term is also used when. One of Mahaprabhu's devotees, Mukunda, he was um, in the presence of one Muslim king and and the king, I think, was fanned with the peacock feather. He saw the peacock feather and he fell unconscious in ecstatic love. And then when he came conscious, he explained himself in this way, saying, oh, I've got mrigivyad. It means deer disease. It means epilepsy, I guess, would be the best way to explain it in modern language. So there's a question here that arises that is Mahaprabhu telling a lie because he didn't have epilepsy. Some people say Mahaprabhu could never lie so they've analyzed it differently. And mriga means deer and there's a kind of a deer who some men's interaction with women resembles this deer's type of interaction with female deers and that such female deers are called mrigi. So they say that what Mahaprabhu is really saying here is that those men and their way of interacting with women that resembles this type of stag and their mates is similar to Krishna, playboy. Similar only very superficially, obviously. And in terms of his relationship with Radha, so Radha is mrigi. And Mahaprabhu says, I have this... Radha's disease, which is separation from Krishna, that's making me go mad. This is said to be the inner meaning of, the, of how he says one thing and it can be taken externally and understood on some level, but he's hiding the, the truth and he never told a lie. So, among the Muslims, same Lachum Madhye, in the midst of these Muslims, Ek Parama Gambira, there was one very sober fellow. Kalvastra Parise Luke Kohipira. So he wore black garments, Kalvastra, Gambir, very grave, and people called him Pira. Pira means like a Sufi, mystic, some kind of a saint, Fakir. 
there was these ten soldiers, they were traveling around and they had a spiritual leader in their group. They were Sufis, some type of like Sufis. Sufism, of course, is a mix of Islam and Advaita Vedanta. So you've got Islam and Hinduism and Advaita Vedanta is a prominent thinking man's religion of the time. So this fellow was in their midst and Chita Ardra Huila Tanra Prabhuri Dekiya Nibishesh Brahmashtape Sva Shastra Utama. The heart of that saintly person softened upon seeing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He wanted to talk to him and he wanted to discuss and establish the Nirvishesh Brahma on the basis of his own scripture, the Quran. Seeing that Mahaprabhu was very extraordinary, he wanted to have a spiritual discussion and put forward his position. Advaita Brahmavad se Kodila Shtapana Tar Shastra Juktek Tare Prabhu Koila Khandana. So, when he tried to establish Nirvishesh Brahma Pad on the basis of the Quran, Mahaprabhu refuted his argument. J.J. Kohila Prabhu Shakali Kandila Uttara Na Aise Mukhe Mahashtabdohila. Whatever arguments he put forward, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu refuted them. Finally, the person became stunned and could not speak anymore. Stunned at Mahaprabhu's understanding. Prabhu Kohitomar Shastra Stapi Nibhisheshe Taha Khandi Savishesha Stapi Ache Sheshe. So he says, in your Shastra, impersonalism, Nibhishesh, is certainly established in the course of its discussion. There's no doubt about that. But at the end, Stapi Ache Sheshe Savishesh, that is, after establishing that, that's refuted in the Quran. And a Savishesh conception of the Lord is established, means conception of the absolute with qualities. Savishesh, not nirvishesh, without quality, qualityless. Toma Shastri Kohishesha Eka Ishwar Sarvishvarja Purna Tenho Shamke Kalevar. The Quran accepts the fact that ultimately there is only one God. He is full of opulence. His bodily complexion is blackish. Satchidananda Deha Purna Brahma Sarup Sarvatma Sarvogya Nitya Sarvadi Sarup. According to the Quran, the Lord has a supreme blissful transcendental body. He's the absolute truth. It's all pervading, omniscient, eternal being. He's the origin of everything. Shrishti, Stiti, Palai, Tangha, Huite, Hai, Stula, Shukshma, Jagate, Tangho, Samashrai. Creation, maintenance, Dissolution come from him. He is the original shelter of all gross and subtle cosmic manifestations. Sarva Shreshta Sarvaradya Koranera Karan Tanra Bhaktye Hoijivya Shankshara Tarana. The Lord is worshipable by everyone. He is the cause of all causes. By engaging in his devotional service, living entity is relieved from material existence. Tanra Seva Vina Jivar Najai Shankshara. No conditioned soul can get out of material bondage without serving the Supreme Godhead. Love at his lotus feet is the ultimate goal of life. The happiness of liberation by which one merges with the Lord's existence cannot even be compared to a fragment of the transcendental bliss obtained by devotional service under his lotus feet. 
कर्म ज्ञान योग आगे स्थापन सब कांडी स्थापे ईश्वर सेवन
the general idea in, in Islam is that amongst the thinking people, which would be these Sufis who are esoteric side, is that God, there's a lot of devotion in the Quran, so God has qualities, God has shakti, through which he relishes the devotion of his devotees and by which, or through which, the devotees relish also. But he's formless. They have kind of a middle position, Advaita Vedanta on one side and the Vaishnava position on the other, where the Lord has qualities, shakti, and an eternal form. But the form of the Lord is difficult to understand. And these thinking people, interfacing with the wisdom of Vedanta, helping to take them from a kind of a fundamentalist understanding of Islam to a more esoteric understanding, this is what Sufism is really about. They couldn't embrace the form conception of the Lord. The common people in Islam may think that the Lord has a form, but they don't have any real explanation of that. What is he sitting on a cloud somewhere, keeping score, and, and so forth. And it, the concept of the Lord's form is not brought out in great detail in the Quran, whereas in the Vaishnava scriptures, there's a whole theology of the form of the Lord, how he can have a form and be everywhere at the same time. He's all pervasive, but he moves from one place to another. These are hard things to conceive of, but the Vaishnavas have a whole theology explaining this. It's very much developed in terms of its theology about the form of the Lord. There's no doubt that the form of the Lord in the Quran was revealed to Muhammad. Muhammad saw God, but it's not described exactly what he saw. Moses was also part of that group. He also saw God, and he died. Because to see God, no one see the God and, and live. What is it? They say there's something like that. No one can see God and live. He died, but he was also was revived from the dead, Moses, according to the tradition. And it's considered that he actually saw the form of God. So the concept of a form of God is there in the Quran, but they don't know how to apparently explain it very well. So the thinking people, like the Sufis, interacting with Hinduism at the time and the thinking people of Hinduism, the, the Dwaitans, the Vedantists, they developed kind of an intermediary idea. The Lord has qualities like compassion and love and power, some kind of a shakti energy by which he experiences the devotion of the devotees and the devotees experience a taste in that devotion. And Sufism is full of dancing and singing and all these things. Very devotional. They even talk about different planes of attainment where they they have some type of a spiritual body. A lot of very similarities between Gaudiya Vaishnavism and Sufism in this regard. And there's the court of God. And he has a throne and everything. But, as I say, the idea of his having a form is not very developed. So this is what Mahaprabhu is talking about. And he's saying, this is what your scripture is really talking about. And... Your scholars really don't know it, and this fellow's admitting. And then he says, and that Lord is uh, Ishvara, he's Satyananda, he's behind the creation. And he starts to give some, what we find in these statements of Mahaprabhu is some outline of the whole Vaishnava philosophy about the form of the Lord that he must have shared with him at the time and illuminated him and enlightened him in this regard. Now Mahaprabhu says that the Kal Kalevar, Sham Kalevar, his body is Sham. I don't know if you can find that, and Mahaprabhu may have just inserted that one. He has a form and so forth, and 
and his form is Isham, that complexion, Krishna. But maybe there's some shlok in there, some verse. Probably is. Probably, maybe, yeah. Mahabhu knows everything. <laughs> so this way, he converted the Sufis. We should try to bring the Sufis the full distance. They've come away from a fundamentalist understanding of Islam to an esoteric understanding with the help of Vedanta, Advaita Vedanta. Now we just have to give them a little Godi Vedanta, and those whirling dervishes will become kirtaniers, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will send kirtan. Mahaprabhu responds, he wants to know the goal of life. Prabhu kahe utta krishna nam tumilaila koti janmer pap gela pobita hoila. Mahaprabhu gives him a blessing. He says, please, utta, get up. Krishna nam tumilaila. You have chanted the name of Krishna. Koti Janmer Pap Gela. Pap that has come over Koti Janma, millions of births, is gone. Pavitra Hoila, you are now pure. Krishna Koha, Krishna Koha, Koila Upadesh, Shobe Krishna Kohe, Shabar, Hoila Premavesh. Mahaprabhu told them now, chant the holy name of Krishna, chant Krishna. As they all began to chant, they became absorbed in Prem. Ramdash Bole Prabhu Tanra Kovilanam. Mahaprabhu changed his name to Ramdas. That's Sufi Patan. He gave him a new name. Ar Ek Patan Tanranam Bidulikana. And another Patan, Muslim, who was there with them, was named Bijuli. Khan and Alpa Vyasa Tamra Rajara Kumar. This Bijuli Khan was very young and he was a son of the king. Ramdas Adi Patan Chakara Tahan. All the other Muslims or Patans headed by Ramdas were his servants. Krishna Boli Pode Se Mahaprabhu Pai Prabhu Shicharan Dila Tamhara Marthai. Bijuli Khan, this young boy, fell down at the lotus feet of Mahaprabhu and the Lord placed his foot on his head. Tan Shavari Kripakori Prabhuta Chalila Seita Patan Sab Vairagi Hoila Bestowing his mercy upon him in this way, Mahaprabhu left and all those Muslim Patans, they became Vairagis, renunciates. They all took to the spiritual life called Patan Vaishnavas. Patan Vaishnava Boli Hila Tanrakyati Sarvatra Gahiya Pule Mahaprabhu Kirti. Later these Patans became celebrated as the Patan Vaishnavas. They toured all over the country and chanted the glories of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Haribo Jai Mahaprabhu Jai. Say Bijuli Khana Hila Mahabhagavata. And this boy, the son of the king, Bidhuli Khan, he became a great Mahabhagwata. And his importance was celebrated at every holy place of pilgrimage. In this way, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performed his pastimes. Coming to the western part of India, he bestowed good fortune upon them, Yavanas and the Malachas. Any question?
there was the um, the Christians and certain scholars I read, they take these verses and they extrapolate on them or this whole thing about that Mahaprabhu had epilepsy and that's where all this right. odd symptoms came. That's what they say, right? Every time he heard the cowherd play with his flute, he went. But you see, have to look at the instances which caused Mahaprabhu to go into these fits. Epilepsy comes randomly at any time, in any circumstance. But we find throughout the biographies of Mahaprabhu that there are certain instances that bring that on. Not only Mahaprabhu, but we find it in that one Mukunda I mentioned, in uh, also uh, Premanidhi, what is his name? Pundarik. My book called him Premanidhi. He also went into epileptic fits. Like so, it's not that widespread of a disease. In one religious group, we got several people having this problem. And furthermore, these symptoms are uh, also uh, in disciplic succession. We, of course, in much lesser degrees, we find these symptoms. No one has these symptoms like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did. But Rupa Goswami's detailed the whole science of them. He did. You know, all these ecstatic symptoms, what they are, and different varieties and so forth. They're all there in Bhaktivarsamita Sindhu. Now they affect the nervous system and the different elements in the body, earth, water, fire, air. When it contacts the Shakti, Swarup Shakti, contacts the earth element, then it, we get that stomba, it becomes stunned. And it, when it influences the water element, that our bodies are constituted and the tears come and so forth. It explained all these things. So, all right, we'll stop there. Chaitanya Chaitanya Tati.